Uh, welcome at the India Business Month uh, in 2021. Uh, my name is uh, Maarten van der Schaaf. I'm the director of India Connected. And with me here is Siraj Singh. He's the MD of Process in India. Uh, and we will shortly discuss um, how Process finds its way in uh, dealing with Indian government, public policy, rules, regulation, uh, bureaucracy, and all, all that. Um, thank you for being here, Mr. Siraj Singh. You're, you're the MD of uh, Process in India. Process is an Amsterdam-based group. Uh, and before you worked with Process, you, uh, you worked with Google and LinkedIn, um, also on public policy and government-related matters. Uh, so I guess you have a lot of experience in, uh, uh, yeah, of, of what the experience is of, of large companies uh, in India. Um, of course, Process is a bit, little bit less well-known than Google and LinkedIn. Can you shortly summarize what Process does um, globally and, uh, and specifically, of course, what, uh, what your company is doing in, in India? Sure, sure. Um, a bit about me, my, my public policy experience is not only with these companies, but before them in my last life, I was actually working with politicians. So I was in the prime minister's office, you know, all 10 years ago. Uh, I'm with a you know, former cabinet minister of the Indian government as her chief of staff. So I think I've had the privilege of working in India on both sides, working with the government as well as the companies and global companies. Uh, coming to process, um, we are the largest internet company in Europe. Um, and we basically uh, are investors that own and operate some of the world's most exciting internet companies. Uh, India is a key market for us. Um, and we've been in India now for almost 18 years, uh, having made smaller investments 18 years ago. And over the last two decades, uh, the size of our investments, the companies that we own and operate, uh, the entrepreneurs that we have supported in India, um, have only been household names that many of the people who live in India would be uh, aware of. Yes, so you know, a Google and a Facebook or a Microsoft or a LinkedIn, they're consumer internet companies. Um, and many of the companies that we invest in uh, in India are consumer internet companies that are household names. So we're mm -hmm. a little bit like uh, kind of the holding company. Uh, so we're a little bit less known, but the quality of work that we do in India, the commitment to India's growth, uh, the support that we provide to the startups, entrepreneurs, the you know startup India, the founder ecosystem has helped our name become a lot more accepted uh, and welcome um, in the Indian government as well as uh, the society. Interesting. Can, can you name an, a number of the the companies uh, Process uh, has invested in globally that people will definitely know in Amsterdam, uh, as I am in Amsterdam. Uh, process is well, more well known because uh, you're on the stock market, uh, right. but uh, but for for others uh, maybe a bit less. So can can you name a, a few of the companies? Sure, sure. Um, so for Germany, especially Delivery Hero, right? Uh, we own a substantial stake in Delivery Hero, um, and which comes back to kind of our core businesses. We 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 have segments that we uh, strongly believe in. Um, food uh, and food delivery and food tech is one sector. Um, ed tech is another sector. Um, payments. Um, ed tech is education technology, right? Yes, education technology, yeah. right? So, so, so globally, we have investments in uh, across the world. So some of them in Europe, some in the United States, some in India. 
in addition to that, we also have payments. Uh, we operate payment aggregators, payment gateways for the world, um, significantly large in India. Uh, classifieds, the OLX group, uh, which many people may know in Europe, uh, are some of our companies. Um, in India, we you know, uh, own a significant shareholding in a company called Swiggy. So all of our Indian friends on this call would know it's you know kind of the delivery hero uh, of Europe in India does really well. Um, we also have a payment business called PayU. Um, so we're one of India's most successful, largest, very well-known, very reliable, dependable, uh, innovative, cutting edge, um, a, a payment aggregator, a payment gateway. Uh, and we've also now diversified into providing uh, microcredit, uh, small credit, Mm -hmm. um, as well as working on improving the financial inclusion in the system and becoming more innovative in the technology products that we provide. Um, classifieds, we have OLX, which is a global company, has a significant presence in India. Um, we help ensure that um, the classifieds business, uh, especially in helping the environment, uh, is quite sustainable, is easy, is seamless. Um, everyone is able to access goods in this economy, even if they're used, refurbished, uh, transferred from one person to another. Um, we're also looking at secondhand automobiles, um, basically creating economic opportunity, helping people that you know want to access uh, sources of goods, services, and making it seamless for them. Um, India's largest ed tech company, Baiju's. Uh, we also have some interesting investments in social commerce, a company called Misho. Um, so we've kind of you know been, uh, quite a long time in India. Flipkart, this large e-commerce company that was acquired by Walmart. Uh, Make My Trip, a travel company. Um, mm -hmm. So we've been here for a while, have focused on some really well-known consumer internet companies. Yeah. So also a lot of experience with all these different companies on the various hurdles that they had with rules and regulations, uh, I guess. Can you, yes. can, yeah, can you, yeah, can you share a number or can you, Sure. Sure. I, I, I think kind of the the one learning that I have been kind of the the centerpiece of my experience in public policy has been that in the world of technology and even cutting edge R and D when it comes to defense, when it comes to agriculture, when it comes to even software, is that technology is advancing at a pace that's much quicker than policy and mm -hmm. regulator. So there's always going to be this gap, right? Uh, regulation is always going to catch up to policy. It's going to catch up to um, you know, the real world technology, first thing. The second thing is that a lot of the technology, a lot of the businesses, a lot of the companies that you know, we invest in, uh, the founders and entrepreneurs, um, a lot of the policy makers are not the users of those products. So they're mm -hmm. a bit unfamiliar with those products. They're uh, not in touch with what worlds sometimes they are trying to legislate and one of the roles that i play is help bridge that gap right mm -hmm. is is help uh policymakers legislators um quickly accelerate how they design policy to allow technology to allow foreign companies to succeed in india um, mm -hmm. the second is how do we ensure that our products are also well um how i say suitably adjusted for all demographics in this country to at least understand, especially policymakers. Um, one of the key things that I remember was when we were at Google, um, the government wanted to improve the way it legislated on geospatial products, on maps. 
what that would mm -hmm. have meant was that any additions that we made to Google, like you put your office on Google, that would mm -hmm. require a long process with the government, right? Um, or uh, you wanted to change your address or your phone number on Google Maps. Um, that would have required a process. Many companies use, say, the Google Maps as, a UP, as an API for their businesses. Um, any tweaks to their businesses would have required government process. So mm -hmm. those were things that the government, you know, trying to protect its sovereignty, its safety, uh, wanted to focus on. But then the minute they started to talk to us about the pitfalls, the downsides, uh, and that requires conversation, dialogue, relationship, trust, they understood mm -hmm. it. They said, we get it. This is a bit overarching. Uh, we need to find a balance because we want to support businesses. We want to support SMBs. And the person that initially authored the bill came from a really good place. He said, hey, I want to safeguard my country. I don't want the wrong people to take maps and start putting things on the maps that are anti-national, that are mm -hmm. going to affect the safety of uh, my troops or the safety mm -hmm. of my people are going to make things more available to the wrong kind of people, uh, mm -hmm. which I think is a very benevolent thing, right? He came from a place of safety. Uh, but mm -hmm. then he realized that you, know, you can't throw the baby out of the bathwater. You have to mm -hmm. find the middle ground to also help business. And that's where I think India is a very unique place, is that very often policy and legislation comes from a place which is actually good from the government official, right? Uh, mm -hmm. He may think this is the best. And the it's good our intention. The, the intention yeah. is, is good, you see, you're saying. Yeah. 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 You know, very often the, the, the intention is good um, or is benevolent. And sometimes it's in the absence of perfect information. So good people come and talk to the officials, convince them, reorient them, help them become more, uh, I would say, uh, aware of the potential pitfalls that they may not have thought about in the first round of thinking. Um, you know, you, you, you fast forward, you know, to looking at um, when the lockdown happened in India and they closed the entire country, uh, but people needed access to food uh, supplies um household products right um and at, at that point the government was very responsive to understand that there are certain food delivery companies certain e-commerce delivery companies that need to have special permission right mm. uh, that need to be able to give milk water grains rice oil uh soap shampoo medicines right mm. now that iteration that 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 conversation on who should be given permission who should not be given uh, was again something that the Indian government took some time and came around to it, and it did a phenomenal job, right? India was almost, I, I would say, uh, in you know tier one, tier two, tier three cities, after the first month, almost unscathed in the terms of food and the distribution system being available because the government understood the value. But when they first decided to censor, kind of, or rather prohibit delivery, it was because they didn't want COVID to spread. They didn't want yeah. the people who were at the bottom of the pyramid, delivery drivers, exposing themselves, right? So it, it came from that tightrope dance. Mm. Uh, and I think that's the hallmark for India, right? Um, we are 1.3 billion people, um, a large middle class, but also a large section of the population that's poor, right? Mm -hmm. um, that are sometimes deprived, that are sometimes taken advantage of. So when a policymaker is making a rule, making a law, he has to think about everyone in the spectrum, the the most well-off and as well as the poorest. Yeah. And in trying to balance that, it takes a bit of work, and which is why building trust with the government 
uh, and really caring about the country and its development and its people helps policymakers respect you and want to listen to you and appreciate what you're saying. They may not agree yeah. to you always, and sometimes your agenda may be at loggerheads with what the government thinks is good, right? But yeah. at least they'll do Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting what you what you share here. Uh, and so, so one of the hurdles you say is basically also the absence of uh, the right information uh, with policymakers. So there will be a bill in place or a law in place that that uh, you feel like or is in the making that will will hurt uh, not only the the businesses but also uh, the, maybe the 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 general public. Huh? The general public is is actually harmed instead of. Uh, that it will help uh, help anything, um, and you say that uh, so you're functioning as a bridge builder. Uh, so so how do you actually do this? Because you're you're working for for a foreign company, uh, right. of course, investing in many uh, companies that are homegrown and yeah, that are India India grown, because that's what most of the brands are India grown, right? That is it's yes. not yeah yes yes. So, um, but still, you're 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 representing a foreign company. Um, sure. How do you how do you become this bridge builder? How do you get access to the right people? And can you say something about this? Sure. So I think you rightly stated that um, we invest in local entrepreneurs. We help them become local champions and potentially also go global. Right. So we truly care about the people in the country. Uh, we truly care about servicing the country, and we truly care about helping the Indians that are these amazing entrepreneurs become great, large, successful champions, well-regarded um, icons, right? And I think that's the first thing, right? We we don't bring an outside view and impose it on Indian. We say, hey, the Indian view is great. You guys are amazing. We want to support you, right? And I think mm -hmm. it's... Um, it's almost to the point at which um, process feels that we are guests in India and we are grateful and we are gracious that you have brought us the opportunity to invest here. So I think, first of all, that understanding, that awareness is something that policymakers and as well as civil society uh, respects, right? So you have to have that uh, humility, uh, that awareness, uh, as well as that gratitude to what you're accessing in this country, number one. Um, number two, I think you have to walk the talk, right? So your founders who you invest in, the companies who you invest in, they have to agree and represent within their circles of influence that yes, process does believe in this and they mm -hmm. come from a good place. Uh, they want to do the right thing, which is you know something very integral to our DNA, is doing the right thing, paying local taxes, uh, ensuring that we are compliant with local laws and ensuring that we're always going above and beyond uh, whatever is required from us, right? So it takes time right like it's like a a good kid in school right it, it takes time for the teacher to appreciate that student and it takes a couple of months or a couple of you know weeks so with a company our size it takes a couple of years and i think that it takes time it, it, it's a dance uh and i think as the policymakers and bureaucrats and government officials and even civil society right unions when they start seeing that these people are genuine and you have to make those efforts you have to go talk to them. You have to tell them what your story is, what your vision is, uh, mm. where your heart is, where your conscience is. Um, and over a period of time, 
they start believing in you. They start having trust in you. Uh, mm-hmm. Once you start building that trust, they start relying on your advice and your counsel. Um, and then that gap that we speak about sometimes, right? Uh, that consultation session becomes a lot richer because they say, mm-hmm. hey, these people obviously have to support a business, have shareholders, but they also care about my country. They care about my entrepreneurs. They care about mm-hmm. the bottom of the pyramid. They care about uh, equity and equality. Um, so I want to listen to them. Um, that's how it happens, right? So which is why having executives that are um, well attuned to having that conversation um, without being pushy, without being rushed, without being, um, I, I would say, abrasive is really useful, right? Uh, mm. As well as you know, having the right friends, uh, right advisors, right well-wishers um, mm. is very important. Uh, you know, we are one of the oldest countries in the world, right? Like one of the oldest um, civilizations in the Indian civilization. So there's a lot mm. of fears that have to be unpeeled when you come to India to understand the the deep loyalties and the deep traditions and the deep emotions that different people in different parts of the country have. And when you're working and you're doing business, you have to be sensitized to that. You have to be appreciative of that. Uh, and people respect that. They say, you've come here, you understand where I come from, why I am who I am, why I believe in what I believe. And mm. because you've done that, I think that we can have a conversation. So it's not useful to parachute in and apply your way of working. Do you think that um, someone with the same capab- capabilities as you, but who was not Indian, would have been, could have done the same job as you're doing uh, for process? Um, so saying, would, would a Dutch guy, would a Dutch guy or an American guy or a German guy be able to do the same job as successful as you do? So case in point, Klaus has done a successful job in India over 20 years, right? Mm. So he's, he's, he's the hallmark, right? The gold standard of someone mm. who can come here and work in India and be very successful. So, you know, all respect to him and his organization, not being an Indian. Um, but having said that, I think, um, it's obviously going to be more difficult, right? Uh, mm. Not speaking the language, not knowing the culture. But I will play the devil's advocate. So if someone like who's a Dutch person or a German person or a Spanish person comes to India, devotes himself to learning the language, the tradition, the culture, the emotion, and then he goes and talks to policymakers and exhibits this true inherent belief uh, mm. that you know, India is where he wants to be, which is why he's contributed, I think he'll get a lot more respect than maybe mm. even I would get. Right. Yeah. So, because because people will say, "Hey, this guy has defied odds, and he truly cares about this. He's genuine. He's authentic. Um, and there's obviously a reason behind his madness, right? Or or, or the why he's done all of this. And I yeah. think that will receive a lot more respect. And I know a few people, right, in 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 Mumbai that are you know have been here for ten years. They speak Hindi and they go and you know talk about uh, doing business in India and politicians and you know, people on the street love them. But they say, mm-hmm. hey man, this guy's trying to be like me uh, when, you know, he has no reason to be. So yeah. it's more difficult, it's more difficult, it's not easy, but mm-hmm. I think if done the right way, he will actually get sometimes more support, right? Uh, and if you think about it, he can become a great example of why India is so great, right? Why people like him exemplify why India is a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's how it would really work. But you know, having an Indian friend like me working with you, uh, 
is probably the the faster way uh, yeah. of achieving success. Yeah, that's a, that's that's probably a good uh, tip of advice for everybody who doesn't want to learn Hindi <laughs> and want, doesn't want to uh, go in it uh, like this um, to uh, to work with uh, with local people.